We're back again with a second edition of Beauty GPS in the Raw. I'm your navigator, Mary Shook. I decided to keep another Raw edit with this week's beauty expert, Kevin James Bennett. Kevin had a lot of insider intel that I just felt was too important for the beauty junkies and pros out there to miss. Kevin James Bennett has been described as one of the most product-driven, business-focused artists of our generation, according to Michael DeVellis, who's owner of The Powder Group, which is one of the largest professional artist networks in the beauty industry. Kevin is an award-winning makeup artist, a leader, an educator, cosmetics developer, and overall beauty industry expert. Today, Kevin and I discuss how to get past the confusing marketing that's out there and shop your skincare, hair care, and color cosmetics. Kevin kept me laughing all the way through and didn't hold anything back, so it even gets a little bit controversial. But the man lives by facts, and the industry needs more beacons such as Kevin. Please note, this episode contains explicit language. Now sit back and enjoy the show. And thanks for listening. We have on the show Kevin James Bennett in the hot seat. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so, was Kevin that, James. Was that a bad way to start this off? Should I just do a regular high? <laughs> we, <laughs> we can have the full Kevin flavor. This is, this is a no holds, do what you want. No, 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 no. Whatever you want there, Kevin. <laughs> so for people who don't know who you are, you're an Emmy award-winning makeup artist. You're a cosmetic developer. You're a makeup artist. I'm going to keep going. You're an educator. You're a journalist. We're still going. Uh, and a consumer advocate, which I think is a really interesting label. Can you tell us what you mean by consumer advocate? Because I know what it means, but how that's not a normal title for a makeup artist um considering the fact that i i i dove in so deep into the cosmetic industry after all these years and have and wear so many different hats i'm uniquely qualified to look at products look at marketing campaigns and actually pass on the information to the consumer as to whether they're legit whether they're worthwhile whether it's just more bullshit um, where the products actually have innovation, whether it's just rebranded. Re this morning, I posted something this morning about this Puma and Maybelline collaboration for athleisure makeup. What the hell is athleisure makeup? I mean, <laughs> really, it's like, it's like we're, taking, we're taking a bunch of waterproof or wear-resistant makeup, repackaging it, and calling it athleisure. But, I mean, what the heck is athleisure? Athleisure is wearing your athletic wear to do your everyday stuff. We already have everyday makeup. So as a consumer advocate, what I do is I turn to this situation and I say, okay, guys, you know, um, in my eyes, this is a bunch of repackaged bullshit. What do you think? So it's opening up a conversation. And then when people start the conversation and say, well, Kevin, why do you feel that this is just, you know, regurgitated, whatever, then I give factual back check. It's not to be a real legitimate consumer advocate. It can't be opinion based. It's got to be fact based. You've got to talk about things that can be researched, that can be backed up. When people say it's like, well, my opinion, it's my opinion. It's like, well, you know what? Facts, Trump opinion every time. So yeah. I come loaded with facts. I set, I set 
a scenario up where a conversation can be started in social media online on whatever platform. And then I let people ask questions. And then when they do, I bring them facts. But, you know, there's a lot of artists that have been around as long as you. Would you, would you like to say how long it's been you've been in the industry? Um, God, you're hateful. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say we met over 20 okay, years I'm, ago. Okay, okay I'll put this way. Um, I started my career in the um, 80s. In Bloomingdale's. Wow. That'll give you an idea. So it's, it's more than 30 years already. I'll give you that okay. much. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's over so, 30, it's over 30 years. It's actually we're we're hedging on almost 35 at this point. Wow! Congrats. But there's I there's other people in the industry. Five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you 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 already caught me to the the, the chase here. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's amazing because I just saw a kid on uh, social media and he's six years old cutting hair in his salon with his parents. Like he's, he's doing the whole thing, like blowing out the hair, all of it. So I just believe he's falling in your footsteps then. I was ahead of the trend. Yeah. Always that, a trend that was it. Never following. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what my point is, is that there's still people existing in the business that have had a veteranship of being makeup, hair, so on but they're not taking a position that you are to be this advocate. So what started that? Um, there's, because we live in a digital world now with huge, huge influence through social media, there's a lot of misinformation being passed around. And the thing is, it's like, you know, you need people that actually have credentials stepping up and correcting mistaken or misinformation or incorrect information. You know, it's, it gets me a little crazy because you have to, of course, deal with, you know, these influencers have their, have their, their, you know, subscribers, followers, stands, whatever you want to call them, that are vehement, you know, because anything that comes out of the map is gospel truth because they said it. But, you know, it's like you need to be able to actually stand up to that also and say, okay, you know what, I'm bringing facts. They're shooting from the hip, and because you will believe anything that they say, you know, it, it seems to be regarded as, you know, de facto information, which it is not. And the problem that I see is once you get to um, critical mass with this much information, nobody knows what's right and what's wrong anymore. So if myself and a couple of other people that have the correct information are yelling loud enough, maybe we will have a counterpoint where people come to us and ask and say, okay, you know what, such and such said this, this doesn't sound right. What's, what's, what's the tea? What's the legit information here? You know, um, for example, Morphe just came out with all those foundations and concealers and everything. There were more, there was more bullshit about how to check an undertone. I mean, who's saying that they were gray undertones? Who's saying that one girl, I mean, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to be that bitch, even though I am. Um, <laughs> Uh, she turned around and went on a video, did a video with, with Jeffree Star. And you know, now everybody knows how I'm talking about jackass. Shut up. I got to put a filter on this someday. I'm going to buy a filter someday and have it installed. <laughs> um, but I mean, this, 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 this makeup artist was trained by makeup designery. She's a mud graduate. She's an educator. She gave misinformation purposefully. Why? She, because she works. Because she works for Morphe now. 
So she had to legitimize their bullshit. And I'm like, you know what? You even have legitimate educators, you know, being bought. This is the other thing. I think that I'm also uniquely qualified because I refuse to take a red cent from anybody to say anything. You know, I can't be bought. So the thing is, it's like whatever comes out of my mouth, you know, is going to be fact-checked, is going to be researched, and it can't be paid for. So that's that. So you take pride on just going to sleep every night with integrity, and that's amazing. Well, that's because I'm old as fuck, and the old, old people believe in integrity. It, it seems to be <laughs> something that people, you know, younger, younger people don't seem to think it has that much weight. It's like, you know, it's like integrity, eh, mm, I don't know. You know. Well, six degrees of K.J. Bennett, because there isn't an ingredient show, a pro show that not only you're attending, but you're speaking at these events, too. And we keep crossing paths. And we have so mm-hmm. since over 20 years ago, when I actually first had assisted you, I think it was on like an e-entertainment segment because you just had won awards back then. And um, so that was kind of our first introduction. And then just through the years, we would always just keep crossing paths. So there isn't any part of the industry that I don't think you're somehow connected to, which I think kind of validates and says a lot about you. Well, that, that also validates the fact that I'm an overachiever. I just, you know, <laughs> that's the AD- Let's say facts. That, that's, the, that's the ADHD speaking. It's like, you know, it's like I, I got all these ideas. It's like I'm, I'm about one spot away from Rain Man status, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I'll just, I'm, just, well, I'm just very, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very, very deep into the cosmetic industry because I love information. Information is like candy for me. It's like chocolate. It's like cheeseburgers. It's like, you know, dirty martinis. I love them. I love information. <laughs> I love this information. I love this industry. This industry is amazing. It's one of the few industries other than tech that evolved at like breakneck speed. So there's always new things happening, always new companies, always shifts, always new things to learn, new techniques, new technology. Um, there's just always newness. So there's always something to learn. And, and continued at continuing education as a professional is not just some sort of an idea or, you know, something that's not realistic. It's, it's absolutely true. If you want to have a successful career, in the 21st century, you have to constantly update your education. You have to constantly be on to what's going on. I could very easily, like many of my peers, I didn't say that today. Yes, I did too late. It's already out there. I have a lot of peers that coast on past, you know, success. And they're like, you know, okay, you're, you're like when people say Emmy award winning, okay, you know what though? Those Emmys are like over 15 years old. I can't coast on those anymore. It's lovely that I won the awards. I'm very proud of the fact that I worked hard. I got nominated five times and won twice, which means I'm a three-time loser. Uh, But uh, it's just... it's Glass half full, huh? But but the thing is, that gave me credibility there, and that accomplishment was then. That does not necessarily relate to what I do right now. It gives a bit more credibility to do to what I do right now, but I can't coast on those creds to do what I'm doing now. It's like, you can't, you're as good as your last job. That's it. This is what I tell kids in class all the time. Cause I do a lot of motivational speaking now, 
believe it or not. This, this potty map actually stands on platform and in front of people and spews vitriol and, and curse words. But you know what? It's all truth because I've been doing this and getting a paycheck doing this for 35 years. So I must be doing something right. So maybe the information I have to share is worthwhile. And the most worthwhile thing I tell people is you have to constantly be learning. You have to constantly be listening. You don't know everything. Even when you're doing it for 30 plus years, you don't know everything. You are really a person who caters to the professional makeup artist. In fact, you have a very wide following in a Facebook group called In My Kit. Why I really brought you on is because I think more than ever, you've got media that's confused because they're so used to bowing to their advertisers. You've got consumers confused because FCC is not sitting there saying, oh, you know what? You just endorsed that and you didn't divulge it and so on. So there's got to be beacons out there. And that's why I want to pluck the people that I know that have the integrity and so on. And, and apparently we're, we're seeing your, your passion kind of show through in this, in this interview. Um, so I, I commend you on that. So, but, but the other part of it is, is I, I want to explain, you also work with products. You're not just someone that's sitting there on the internet and doing, you know, Googling all this information. This is something that you're actually in practice with as an artist. You're in practice with actually working with cosmetics. Can you tell us more like some of the brands you may work with, if you're allowed to say it and what you do with these brands? Well, can I also just preface this by saying, you know, folks need to get a grip. It's like, they say, oh, you're on the, you're, you're on, on the internet all the time. It's like, honey, when I'm sitting at a manufacturer and I'm in the shading room waiting for samples to be made for hours on end, as we adjust them, I've got plenty of time to sit on my phone and post stuff. When I'm sitting in the dark on set, I have plenty of time to post stuff. When I'm spending all day with talent on a press junket and they're doing an interview and I'm sitting in the green room, I have plenty of time to post on the internet and answer questions. People seem to think that I'm not working, that I'm sitting like, like I'm some kind of troll sitting at home and my entire life centers around commenting on social media. I'm like, kids, that ain't it. Um, so I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there because people seem to think that, you know, we're not, I don't know, maybe, maybe they don't understand that, that the digital life is mobile. Yeah. It's, it's being productive with your time. Exactly. I mean, I, I was sitting here waiting to get on the call with you guys and I posted something this morning. There were a bunch of questions. I'm sitting here just typing and answering them as I'm waiting for us to get started this morning. It's like, yeah. you, I, can multi, I can multitask. Now, as far as working with brands, um, I can legitimately say because there's products out there that people know that I worked on, um, I've got to be careful with NDAs. Yep. This is another thing, people. Um, we, we sign things called non-disclosure agreements. Um, I could probably wallpaper a room with the amount of NDAs that I've signed. So, um, but, but what I'm really proud of right now, very proud of, which I want to share. Um, uh, I've done a couple of projects for complexion products with, with not, not philosophy, but I've worked at them also. But uh, First Aid Beauty, because I, I love their skincare. Their skincare is affordable, very, very usable. I mean, you know, and the thing is they, they've, forged into color cosmetics and they brought me into the fold as a consultant and um, two of the products that I worked on with them are doing extremely well. So I'm kind of excited about that. As a matter of fact, the, um, the, what is it? The ultra repair tinted moisturizer. Um, Sephora's already um, ordered uh, a shade extension. 
uh, the brand new Bendy Avocado Concealer. I don't know where they get these damn names from. I really don't. <laughs> it's got Bendy Avocado Concealer. Yeah. Well, actually, it, 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 it's got avocado oil in it, and it is Bendy. It's actually new technology, which I'm very excited about. It's a self-setting liquid concealer that actually retains elasticity after it self-sets, which is something that no other product has ever done before. So it's really exciting. And that product just got um, an order for a five-color extension also, which I've already done. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, uh, and one, the, the one product that I laugh about today, back in 2011, um, I was working on the team developing something called Wonderbrow for a company called Wonder2. And we oh, launched yeah. it in 2012. And we launched it in 2012 and nobody even paid attention. Right? And about a year ago, I'm talking to somebody and I'm going through something on Amazon and I'm looking at something and I was like, oh my God, Wonderbrow. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. They said, it's like one of the top selling beauty items on Amazon. I was like, are you kidding me? I had no clue. Oh, yeah, it's a great product. And I, I feel like, though, it was the social media push that they did that really started with that, that whole thing. And it kind of collided with the fact that we had the heavy accented brows from, you know, Carol Delevingne and everything. It's, it's like that kind of perfect storm that happened in the media that they just caught that wave. Uh, I'm excited about it because I had I was involved. How were you involved? involved that? I'm um, I worked. I worked with the lab on formulation, um, color, everything. Excellent. No, it's a great product. I, I personally use it. So, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So yeah, so, I, so, I, so so I've actually made a couple of things you, you've seen out there. So yeah, it's like yeah. I, but the thing is, I find that most of the projects I'm being called in on um, are complexion based because I'm known for skin. I'm like the complexion queen when it comes to color matching and all the other stuff. Um, so I, and I understand the whole process because I have an art background. I'm not just a makeup artist. I have an art background. So I know, oh. I know how to make skin. I know how to make skin colors out of, out of pigments. So it's, and this is what people don't understand. Makeup is nothing more than the same mineral pigments that are in your acrylic paints, in your oil paints. It's all the same stuff, just different suspension. That's all it is. It's nothing different. And of course, there are, there are colors in, in artistic paints, which you would never be able to put on your skin. Of course, we understand safety issues and whatnot. But I mean, basically, it's the same thing. We mix together a bunch of colors to create skin the same way that you mix together a bunch of colors to paint skin. Sure. So it's all the same. It's all related. So um, yeah, I mean, that, that excites me because uh, it's a really interesting science because it has a lot to do with First of all, you, we're only working with five pigment colors. Um, every complexion product on the market right now, um, concealers, foundations are based in the same pigments. It's a bunch of iron oxides, yellow iron oxide, red iron oxide, black iron oxide, um, ultramarine blue, and uh, titanium dioxide, which is the most misunderstood pigment in the world because now people seem to think that if something's got titanium dioxide in it, it's going to flash back in photography. Incorrect. Titanium dioxide is white pigment. The only time it flashes back is when it's mixed with zinc oxide to create a physical sunblock, and then it will reflect back. But if it, has, if it doesn't have zinc oxide in it, it's not a problem. So people see titanium dioxide in something now, and they're like, oh, it's going to flash back. It's like, no, honey, education, research, zinc oxide. That's what makes a flashback. 
So sure. yeah. So you're you're the pigment guy is, is really it because I that's that I knew you ha- were involved a lot with that, but you're also involved in packaging and other things too. I, I I've seen you price things out for that and so on. So yeah, well yeah. I mean I, I'm I'm pretty much a a very deep toolbox. Um, <laughs> spending a spending a lot of time on airplanes and hotel rooms. Um, I taught myself the entire Adobe Creative Suite. Um, I do graphic design, I do package design, um, I do componentry design, um, you know, I could do CADs if I need to, which are the mechanical drawings, you know, on computer for things. It's, it, it's, it, you know what, you, you, when you spend every trip out to LA, it's five and a half hours on the plane, babe. Sit there yeah. and do something with your time. Don't watch another movie, you know, do something, learn something. Sure. Um, I, 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 I've taken copywriting classes, um, I, I, I write copy now. I write entire wow. marketing booklets. I write entire um, brand standard, you know, presentations and decks. Um, so I can actually write the, co- I can create the product, create the component, design the packaging, write the marketing copy, write the education to sales promotion. Um, yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, and I do web design also. <laughs> That I've known. You've done that for many, many years now. I know you're the, you were like the WordPress whiz many years ago. So that, that I knew. <laughs> Actually, but, before, we even, before we even had WordPress, when things were still in code, I taught myself code. Oh, my so I God. I used to write in code. <laughs> yeah, I used to write in code. So, uh, but, hey, that's what you had to. If you wanted to have control of your website back then and be able to change things at will, you had to be able to read and write code. So that was back in the early days of HTML. That was before we had WordPress, before we had, you know, everything that we have now, the plug and play. Well, this is also a testament to you seek out information, you seek out knowledge, and then you find a way to get it done. And that's kind of the the difference between someone that's out there and just giving their opinion and someone who's, again, had a certain amount of experience and sees how a product works, sees how marketing works, sees how all these things are in play which makes you a really unique, well-rounded person in our industry. Well, thank you. Also, the other thing is that you've got to be aware of what's going on around you. You can't live when, when you're working in development. You can't live with your head, you know, you know, buried in the sand. It's like you've got to look at what everybody else is doing. You've got to, and not just look at. Okay, I take that back. I'm going to re. I'm going to re-say that. Looking at what everybody else is doing is not productive because we've become an industry now where it's all imitation and no innovation. Everybody's copying everybody else's success. That's not what I meant. What I meant is you have to be aware of what's going on completely in the industry. Watch what consumers are buying. Watch how they're talking about things. You don't, and this is where there's a big disconnect, I think, for cosmetic companies. They talk to consumers and say, what do you want and make what they want? Consumers don't know what they want. I'm sorry. You give them what they need. You listen to what they're buying and what they're saying they need in their life. And then you tailor a product that is going to address their needs. We live in a, gener- we live in a generation now where it's very much lifestyle um, oriented products as opposed to aspirational. When I was first in the industry, Everything was very aspirational. It was all like, you know, very dreamy and it's a look and it's a this and it's a that. Now it's like, you know, back then, give you an idea, like you do a Calvin Klein, you know, obsession, 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 you know, eternity. All, it, was, it was all very aspirational and dreamy and I want to live, you know, this dream and do whatever in my head. Now it's very lifestyle. I mean, it's very like, okay, you say the words Ralph Lauren, 
you see a picture in your head immediately. People want lifestyle-oriented products, and they want them to make their lives better. They don't just buy something because it's pretty, it smells nice, or something anymore. They want to know how it is going to make their life better. So that's like, hack my life. That we add. That's it. That's exactly how we we seen the evolution of the cosmetic industry. Products that are just there for the sake of being there don't do as well as products that actually perform and make things better. Yeah, pretty is nice. You know, do, do we need more glitter? Hell no. Will they make more glitter? Hell yes. <laughs> but there's also, we've also got to look at the possibility of innovation of products. I remember um, when NARS first came out with the multiples, nobody was doing a cream to powder color stick. Nobody. That became their hero product because nobody had ever done anything like that before. And it was changing things because here was a creamy product that could be used all over the cheeks, on the eyes, on the lips that set on its own, blah, blah, blah. Nobody had seen anything like that before. It became more of a lifestyle thing because it was a multi-use product that made my makeup routine easier as a consumer. But as a consumer, how do you find these products that work? Because that's the issue. That's what I keep hearing. And the customers are like, I just don't know. And I saw this ad or I saw this influencer. How do they get there? How do they get through the marketing and all the crap there? Because even for me, I'm going to make this a long question, but for me, the other day I'm on Facebook, all of a sudden I see this ad from um, one of the cast members of Queer Eye and he's promoting a a trendy hair brand that advertises this all-in-one shampoo and the girl's hair already looked really great and blown out and so on. And I'm looking and I'm like, Oh, she looks great already. So I wonder what this shampoo is going to do. And then they do the kind of this after and I'm like, huh, I think her hair actually looked better before, but I had to go back to the front. So as a professional with an eye in the industry, I was like romanced. And then it was like, wait, hold on, back it up. Uh, wait, her hair actually looks dry and kind of limp and not as lustrous as before. So I reeled it back in, but that's, that's from a professional lot. How does a consumer navigate? Okay. You see somebody making claims. Look at the claims. What are the claims they're making? When you look at the claims, it's like, okay, this is going to make my hair look shinier, smoother. It's going to be easier to blow dry, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So how do I know this is true? I immediately look at ingredient listings. And this is, and people don't get this. It's like, it is so freaking easy in this day and age to cut and paste an ingredient in Google and find out exactly what that ingredient is and exactly what it does. All this information is available. So if somebody's saying that something is going to make your hair smoother, sleeker, it's like, okay, I look at the ingredient list online and I've cut and pasted a couple of things and I find out there's five bazillion different types of silicone in it. Is silicone good? Silicone is great. Silicone creates a cosmetic fix. It's not a permanent fix. It's going to smooth the outside cuticle of the hair and make the hair appear shinier, appear smoother. But the problem being, it also waterproofs the hair. So you are not actually cleansing it correctly and moisture is not getting into your hair to sustain it. So you're actually preventing it or preventing your maybe expensive conditioners or other treatments from working unless you remove the buildup from this product that makes your hair shiny and manageable. So this is, this is what you need to look at as a consumer. It's like, okay, this sounds amazing, and it sounds like it's going to be life-changing, but do the claims actually match up to what it does in reality, and why 
Are these claims legitimate? What are the ingredients? What's making it do this? But people have to actually invest a minute to research. Kevin, there's a lot of online resources and, quote, experts out there. But how do consumers find the right resources? Like, for instance, a lot of the beauty industry relies on environmental work group. But I found information on there that wasn't quite entirely correct or complete. I've even reached out to them personally uh, to correct their ratings with clinical studies I found, but I never got a response back. Okay, who are they citing? Who are they citing? Where is their source for this information? You have to look at where their source is coming from. Is it from legitimate clinical studies? It has to be a clinical study. If it's not a clinical study, it's not legitimate. To this day, people are still like demonizing parabens. The first study came out in 2004 from Dr. Patricia Darbright. And what happened was they found parabens in cancerous breast tissue. Problem is her study was totally flawed because they did not check the healthy tissue next to the cancerous to see if there were parabens in that also. So it was actually an inconclusive study, but some idiots glommed on to the fact that, oh, they found parabens in cancerous skin, so blah, 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 to the point where Dr. Darbury had to come out a year later and dispute her own findings and say, this is not conclusive. Okay, this is in 2005. Here we are 13 years later, and nobody has provided any clinical studies coupling parabens to cancer to this date, but we're still demonizing them because of that, what happened 13, 14 years ago. So find out where the information is coming from. I mean, we've got this whole... We had have, we have this whole to-do with, you know, talc now because of Johnson & Johnson and all that other bullshit. But you know what? They were mining talc in mines that had excessive levels. They were buying talc from mines that had excessive levels of other heavy metals, especially aluminum and asbestos. It was their fault for buying that sourced talc. This is why I have a huge issue with people buying pressed powder products from China. Their their talc is crap and it's dangerous when used over a long period of time. We know this for a fact because their heavy metal levels are just way too high. So, um, you know, and, and but then there's talc that is like like Italian cashmere talc. It's extremely pure. It's extremely good. It's beautiful. It's amazing in cosmetics. But now we're demonizing talc because some assholes went cheap and didn't care about people's health. So all talcs are bad now, supposedly. You've got to do your research. You've got to file through all this. This is why I love the Internet. We didn't have access to this information the way that we do today. You can find legitimate factual information by doing research on the internet. Pick up your phone, pick up your laptop, pick up your iPad, whatever. It takes minutes to check, minutes, and you will find out legitimate information. And even if you find conflicting information, you can at least then drill down the conflict and say, okay, this one says this, and this one says this, well, let me look a little deeper. Let me, let me fall a little farther in the rabbit hole and see how many people are on each side and where they're getting their information from. This is how I find information. I mean, and I, of course, I talk to people in laboratories and I talk to people like you and I talk to people in the industry, but there's so much information available out there. You've just got to stop being lazy. You've got to go, if you want to know, if you want the truth, if you want facts. You have got to go out and seek it. 
Stop being lazy. Stop waiting for people to spoon feed you information. Everything's out there. Well, that's, that that is the point. No, it's, it's not too rough. No, no, it's, it's not at all. It's, it's just, we are in a society that's like, we want to press a button and it's there. And so with that button pressing, what I want to ask, what are some of your favorite go-to resources when you are looking at products? Like there's got to be consistent places that you find the resources that you're talking about. Um, honestly, no, 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 it's all no, different. No, I, I mean, every, everybody's too many people have an angle right now. I would rather go straight to the source, get an IL and break it down. I mean, IL meaning an ingredient list and break it down. Um, it just makes sense for me now. I mean, this whole thing with EWG, it's just, you know, I mean, there are a bunch of lobbyists with an agenda, you know, it's a bunch of bullshit. They, 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 they're paying Kourtney Kardashian as a front to legitimize themselves. I mean, the entire scientific community laughs at them because their information is so flawed. They're a bunch of fear mongers. Um, we can't look at them. And, and then you have people that are kind of sort of a little lazy, that are sort of filtering the same bad information, but not really checking deeply to find out if it is flawed or not. They're just reposting it because, oh, well, such and such said this. And like, people believe me. So I guess this is enough. It's like, no, it's not. Um, it, it's, you've got to, like, I kept my mouth shut. Like, we, again, I'll bring up the Morphe thing because that's what's on everybody's lips right now on social media. I did not say another word. I was like, okay, this is, people are posting, they got the PR kits and their skin's getting stained. That's not supposed to happen. Um, and I, I said to a couple of people, they were complaining about how matte the formulation was. I said, well, that tells me without seeing an IL that there's a lot of volatile silicone in there to allow it to smooth on, to go on smoothly and then to self-set and become that dry and matte. Sure than how the IL is posted two days ago when it launches out of the first three ingredients, two are uh, volatile silicones. And one of them, one of the first ingredients is a volatile silicone. And the third ingredient is the volatile silicone used in liquid lipsticks. And we know how drying liquid lipsticks can be. So, I mean, it, but I, how do I know all this information? It's all online. So it's all, all, all resources out there, but it's also something, again, that you're using something, you see it in practice, you see that, hey, listen, this is, because you're not going around putting lipstick on your face all day long, Kevin, as far as I know. <laughs> so this is something in practice that you're seeing or you're getting feedback with. And especially when you have a legion of artists that are also giving the feedback on products, because in my kit, there's so Listen, much lady, information. You don't, you don't know what I'm wearing at home, honey. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, am I getting a visual here? Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to assume. <laughs> <laughs> Although I got I got to tell you something I, I tell you a very a, a funny story because um, I will test products you know if I've got lab samples coming in and I have to check them for color I have to check them for consistency whatever I will I will and I had my I get the same FedEx guy comes and delivers stuff to my apartment all the time <laughs> and I'm sitting at my desk and I've got about 15 colors of foundation and two different formulas and I've got. Some on my arms, some on my face, some on my, and the doorbell rings. Somebody let him in the building without bringing the budget, without buzzing in. So I, I guess he was, I guess he was just, you know, delivering, you know, other apartments. I didn't even think twice. I just got up out of my desk chair, answered the door, said hi to him. And he had this horrified look on his face. And I'm like, what? 
And I went, oh, <laughs> shit. And I look, turn around, and I look in the mirror near the door, and I'm like, I've got about four or five different colors of foundation swatched on my face. I've got stuff up and down my arms. It's like, it was, it was hysterical. She's I said, like, so this is, I said, so, so no, I looked at him, I said, so, so go ahead and laugh. I said, so now you understand what's in these damn boxes you deliver all the time. I said, these oh. are the samples that I had to test. <laughs> but he was like, he, was, he started laughing. But it was like, no, I mean, I had to test all this stuff myself. And people say, well, how do you know? It's like, I test it on me. After I test it on me, I give it like what I, what I call the, the super road test. Um, I test things on clients. I test things, you know, I do a lot of press junkets. My, my talent has to be in their makeup from the AM morning talk shows to the late night shows. So their makeup and on book tours in between and personal appearances. So their makeup's on at like five, five thirty in the morning and on until seven or 8 PM at night. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's like, I, I test things on them. It's like, okay, did this stand up? Does this work? Does this not work? Um, you know, and I test drive things hard. I try to break them. That's the other thing. If I ever give a wreck on a product, when a recommending a recommendation on a product, um, I give a wreck because I have tried to break it. If I have <laughs> not been able to break it, then I feel safe in telling you it's okay to buy. But I have tried to break it already. Understand, I don't talk about products I have not tried to break. So if, if I haven't been able to break it and I am rough with things, I try, you know, they say, well, don't, you really shouldn't apply it that way. It's like, why? Somebody's going to apply it that way. Yeah. Somebody's going to, somebody's not going to read instructions. Somebody's going to do something stupid. Somebody's just going to pull it out of the box and do whatever they want with it. You've got to imagine that a three-year-old is playing with the makeup. They're not yeah. listening to you. It's like, oh, this is pretty. What are they going to do with it? If it, if it withstands that kind of abuse, it's safe for people to buy. No, that makes sense. Given that you're giving up all these trade secrets to the public and so on, how has this affected your career? What, me, me being outspoken? Yeah. Um, some companies won't work with me while others still do. I mean, the companies that won't work with me are companies I wouldn't want to work with anyway because they're, they're producing crappy products. Um, I can say this now, but I can't say who, but uh, I actually just got out of a contract that I was supposed to be working on a project with a client for two years. And um, they asked me to do something I thought was unethical and was not correct and would not, I would not want to have my, my name anywhere near it. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I said, we have a choice here. I said, I'm not going to do this. I don't care. So you're either going to pay out my contract or you're going to let me out. And they were like, well, no, you have to do this. I was like, uh, and if I go public with what you're doing, what then? So they let me yep. out of the contract. But I mean, and the thing is, this was a two year retainer contract with, so I gave up a lot of money. Wow. But the thing is, I'm not, go I'm not going to work with people that are going to do bullshit products. I mean, you know, it's like if you want to do that kind of crappy product, all you got to do is go to AliExpress and pick stuff up and have it shipped over from China. That's yeah. not what I do. I actually go into manufacturers. We work on products. We create things. We make things that are worthwhile and not necessarily expensive either. You don't have to do expensive, but you do have to do worthwhile. I don't want my name on anything that is bullshit because you know what? It, it, what does that do for me getting the next job? You're as good as the last gig, correct? Yep. If I make something crappy, does that make you want to work with me if you know I'm making crappy products? Well, again, you're selling trust and integrity then, and it's, it's a synonymous throughout whatever you're doing. 
And it comes at a price because there are companies that won't work with me because I've been outspoken about things that they've done that were questionable. But you know what? Obviously, I don't want to work with you if this is the way that you position your products. You know, it's like, this is not something I need. Well, you know what? You're you're just bitter. I love when they say online, it's like, oh, you're just bitter because they won't work with you. It's like, what makes you think I would work with a company that has no morals? Yeah. Well, and the cream rises to the top. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hurting for jobs. That's the whole thing. It's like people say, it's like, people say to me, it's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, honey, my schedule is full. I'm busy. I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm actually working more than normal. It was very funny because I was still traveling up until three days before Christmas last year, which is unheard of in our industry to be still closing stuff out like right before the holiday. I was still traveling the manufacturing plants. Up yeah. until the twenty second of December last year, so I mean that's so yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about the, the jobs coming in. I'm still working. So obviously there are people out there that like to work with me. When people identify talents and know that they're aligning with uh, a certain amount of trust, they're going to gravitate towards you anyway. I appreciate that. Also, the thing is, I mean, there's a lot of clients I work with that we don't even talk. I don't talk about them. They don't talk about me. We're making good products. That's all. And, being and from, it is. We're being professional about it. It's not. It doesn't have to be played out socially. It doesn't have to be played out in public all the time. I think it was kind of cool with First Aid Beauty because they 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 like the way that I educate. So they actually put me in the launch video for the concealer because hey, I developed the stuff. I could talk about it better than anybody else. So they put me in the video. And if you go to their website, I'm there in the video explaining how it works, why it works, whatever, because I had my hands in there. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm, and the thing is, I'm proud of the product. So I did not mind in the least getting in front of a camera talking about a product that I'm proud of creating. It makes marketing sense too. It's just like, here it is. You've got an artist. He's, he's got the knowledge. He's who we used unless they just want to keep you a secret. And um, who better than to speak about a product that um, they've created or helped create. So that, that to me is common sense and, and excellent marketing. So kudos to them. Also the next, the next best thing is he kept paid for doing the video. <laughs> well, yes, of course. I hope so. <laughs> Well, no, I, well, no that's, a, that's, a, that's a different rate card than doing development, honey. You should know that. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. So, so I, was, I was like, yeah, you want, you want me to do the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write the check. Write the check. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> you're, you're, you're your own best advocate. Every guest shares a beauty hack. It could be something personal or something our listeners could learn from. Kevin James Bennett, what is your beauty hack? Hmm. My favorite beauty hack. I mean, and this is just so stupid, simple. It's all you guys out there. And I, I shouldn't say this because I've actually developed these products. So I should shut up. Mm, damn, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. You know what, guys, save your damn money on these damn tinted moisturizers and these sheer foundations. It's a bunch of bull. I mean, it's for consumers. It's more, it's for, it's, it's to fit your lifestyle if you want something like that. But most people, I would suggest if you've got a really great foundation, like medium full coverage, which everybody should have for those times that you want that coverage. Okay. I need a tinted moisturizer. Well, you know what? Take a little bit of the moisturizer that you use, that you love 
and mix it with the foundation that's perfectly matched to your skin that you love and make your own damn tinted moisturizer. It's the best of both worlds. As opposed to buying a tinted moisturizer that is a moisturizer you wouldn't necessarily have in your skincare routine or have a foundation in a color that's not necessarily perfectly matched to you. And I shouldn't say that because I've developed tinted moisturizers, but that's my favorite beauty hack. It's like, well, I want a sheer foundation. It's like, well, make one. People need to, my, okay, I'm going to take it back. My big attack is get into your makeup bag and start playing with your makeup. Start mixing things, start playing with things, start trying to use things in ways that you wouldn't normally use them. Every color cosmetic is made of pigments, waxes, oils, emulsifiers, whatever. They're all the same thing, except they're made with more or less of each. There's no difference between a lip gloss and a pressed eyeshadow, other than the amount of emulsifiers, liquids, waxes, or oils that are mixed into it. It's the same stuff. So, great hack. You want to have long-lasting lipstick, but you don't want your lips to dry out? Put your moisturizer on your lips, blot up the excess, pat on some, some blush or eyeshadow, then put a little bit of gloss over the top of it. It's the same thing. You're cre- you can create lipstick colors doing this. Um, you want a cream blush? Take some of your powder blush, pat it onto your cheeks while your face is still wet with your foundation, and then blend it with a brush or a sponge. You've got cream blush. Boom. You're making your own cosmetics. You don't have to buy everything. You got too many hacks? No, actually, your your hacks are right on trend, though, because I was just reading the other day how, you know, this Korean trend still keeps evolving and, and coming out, and they're not even really Korean products now. It's American companies saying they're Korean. And what they were saying is BB creams are so past tense, the trend now is the tinted moisturizer. So your hack is completely on trend with what's going on right now. So that's that's perfect. And actually, it saves you a whole lot of money. It saves room in the medicine cabinet or your makeup bag. You just, you know, you're not buying five million different things. You know, it's just easier. It's it's nicer. And let's say that you tend to wear um, serums, not moisturizers. You can mix your foundation with the serum. It's easy. I mean, it's simple. It's it just makes sense. It just it. For those of you that want it, that want to buy a lot of stuff, some people, and I'm not going to lie, I'm the worst, my medicine cabinet in the bathroom, and this is what's scary. Okay, let's talk scary now. I'm in the industry in development. I have access to everything and anything. I spend so much money on products, it's out of control. I'm always trying something new, especially in skincare because I'm a, I'm a guy, so it's like I don't wear a lot of color makeup or anything ever. So I'm always like new hair products, new skin products. I mean, I spend a lot of money. I'm, I'm like your perfect, you know, guinea pig. It's like, oh, I see the words new and improved. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so I, I, I kind of I start shaking and sweating. So, you know, and there's a lot, I'm, there's, and there's a lot of new technology out there um, in a lot of different categories. Um, right now I'm testing out, give you an idea, right now I'm testing out some new products that are actually bending the rules as far as shampooing, and body wash. Um, there's a company called Hair Story that has something called um, New Wash. Um, it's sort of like in the lines of like no poos and when and you know conditioning cleansers and whatnot. But for some odd reason, this product actually works. Your hair does come up clean and fluffy and lovely. And I've been using it for a couple of months to give it the hard test drive. Um, now, about two three weeks ago, there's a new company called Crude. C-R-U-G-E, that are making this totally soap and detergent-free body cleanser. 
and it's, it doesn't lather, nothing. It's aloe-based, it's got oils in it, it's got whatever, and I've been using it as the only thing I'm using for the past couple of weeks. My skin in the winter is dry as fuck. My skin is actually comfortable. So, I mean, see, I'm always looking for new stuff. Who, three, two, three years ago, nobody would have looked at products like this or had the nerve to put them out there. Technology has brought us to a point now where we can actually, and we understand skin, hair, whatever, enough that we can look at products like this and go, okay, you know what? I'm willing to give this a whirl because it makes sense. <laughs> I'm laughing because we just lost all of our callers. <laughs> we did? We did. We talked too long. <laughs> That's okay. No, I'm not kidding. So I'm going to ask you questions our listeners sent in and apologize to those of you who phoned in. So um, apparently there's obviously a learning curve here. I have Jamie in New York who wanted to know if uh, she's going to the cosmetic counter and she buys like Chanel and all of a sudden someone is tackling her uh, from another direction like Tom Ford or Clarence and so on. She's like, I just, I'm so confused as to is the pricing really going to make a difference? Is Tom Ford investing some technology I should know about or should I stick with Chanel or how do I go to the cosmetic counter and shop? Um, go to the cosmetic counter and touch things and buy what you like. That's but it. What, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a matter of better, more, whatever. It's like when you touch stuff, you're going to know whether you like the texture, whether you like the finish. I mean, you can, you can find something for $5 that you adore more than something that costs $50. It's all, it's all personal taste. And, I mean, if you want me to say, well, the technology is not different or is different, it's, we can't disclose everything on everyone. But, I mean, hey. Let's break it down. Tom Ford is an Estee Lauder company. Do you really think that that's a $52 lipstick? Let's be honest here. I mean, come on now. So, but if you love the formula and you love the colors and you love the texture, spend the 52. Are you going to be able to find that same color and texture somewhere else for maybe half the price? Probably. But do you want to go through the cosmetic floor finding it? Well, uh, she just didn't know because she knows that sometimes you're paying for the advertising, you're paying for all these things, and oh, again, always, it, oh, you're always, you're always yeah. paying for that. I mean, you're paying if it's if it's got the Tom Ford name on it, you're paying for the name, you're paying for the advertising, you're paying for the components, you're paying for the exterior packaging, you're paying a lot of money to live that lifestyle. You're buying a lifestyle there. You know, it's like there's a big price point difference between living the Tommy Hilfiger lifestyle and the Ralph Lauren lifestyle. There's a huge mark. There's a mark difference in price there, correct? They both correct. have a lifestyle that they're offering. But the thing is, you have to decide what lifestyle you want to buy into. You know, Tom Ford is super luxury, high end. Tom Ford is going to be more costly because of the name, because of the packaging, because of the advertising. Because of everything. I mean, Tom Ford, it's like somebody gave me a bottle of Tom Ford fragrance for my birthday. And I was like, holy crap, I know what you spent. That's insane. But the bottle is gorgeous. The packaging was gorgeous. It smells beautiful. It's Tom Ford. I mean, you know, it's not some nondescript little glass bottle. And I have nondescript glass bottles in my medicine cabinet in the bathroom also that smell just as good, but they don't look like that. <laughs> And they don't have that name on them. Sure. 
Well, I have Sarah who said, uh, says, I'm in Iowa, and I really don't have access to a lot of uh, stores other than drug stores. And she's kind of depressed about it because she said, other than buying something online and, and having to return it and so on, she says, are there any drugstore brands that you can highly recommend um, just as a, a general products and so on that, you're, that are your must-haves? You know, when she says she doesn't have access, because I know the Ulta is all over the darn place now. So, I mean, yeah. and Ulta's got a great mix, <clears throat> which I appreciate because they had some higher end and they had the drugstore brands, which are great. Um, as far as drugstore brands, I mean, there are certain things that you're going to have to actually take the time and effort to go and find. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend complexion products from the drugstore. I just don't. Um, what, you, what makes your skin look better should cost a little bit more money. I'm sorry. The pigments are more, better pigments, better emulsifiers. You know, eyeshadow, on the other hand, I could care less. I mean, people are buying this, this crap online, you know, that's 35 colors for $24. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's below dollar store prices. So, yeah, you can find better stuff in, in you know, the, the drugstore. I mean, you know, your L'Oreal's, all those, um, your, even your Revlon's. I mean, they, they actually make some – Revlon's super lustrous lipstick, still one of my all-time favorites. It's a gorgeous formula. And what is it, $7.99 a tube? Probably. Five million colors, gorgeous formula. It's beautiful. It's great. Why not? You know? It's like you have, you have to make the choice on what you're going to spend the money on and take the chance on. You know, if, if, if you've read a lot about a certain foundation, well, yeah, you know what? You, you get a hold of Sephora or Ulta or someone and you order a couple of them in different close to your color and you find which one matches and you return the others. That's all. I have Heather in Georgia who says she's a single working mother with absolutely no time to shop in the stores for her products. But when she's put her son to bed or has insomnia, she'll try to do her shopping online then. How do you suggest buying products through social media? So you have to look at the facts. It's like, what am, I, what am I missing? What am I feeling like I don't have? And then glom onto that kind of concept. It's like if somebody says, well, you need to have this palette of eyeshadows because it's got all these reds and oranges. It's like, well, does that fit into my lifestyle? If it doesn't, it's like, no, that's a no. But if, if you're looking, let's say you're busy, as she says she is, and you're looking for a product that does a whole lot of stuff, it's like, well, start searching for products that meet all the requirements that you need for your life. What am I missing? Oh, I don't have, I don't have a neutral eyeshadow palette. Oh, I don't have, you know, a quick foundation slash concealer. Oh, I need something that's going to keep my um, oil shine down. Then you start looking for products like that. As opposed to just saying, well, such and such is talking about this. Do, do I need this? It's like, you know whether you need something when you look at it. Let's be honest. You know? Yeah. There's, there's, there's a difference between need and want. There's lots of stuff I want because I see it, but do I necessarily need it? No, that's the question you've got to ask yourself. Well, this looks really exciting, and it's got a lot of these people are all saying it's, it's amazing, so do I need this? It's like, well, no. Do you need it? How does it fit into your life? Or do you want it because they say it's good and you think it's going to be fun? Because sometimes, I mean, let's, let's be honest, it's, it's color cosmetics. It's fun. It should be fun. It shouldn't all be about what I need. But the thing is, do you really need that? Are you going to wear purple eyeliner? 
Are you going to wear that color lipstick? It might look good. It might look great on them, but is that going to fit into your lifestyle? I know 5 million people that have a drawer full of stuff they never touch because everybody told them it was the next best thing to slice bread, but they didn't think how it fits into their life. You could type into a Google line, you know, why is such and such moisturizing? Why is this waterproof? Why is such and such blah, blah, blah? And you'll get results and you could start reading reviews. And the thing is, you're going to be able to compare results until you find what the majority say about the product. Kevin, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about? Um, just in general, it could be about the industry. It could be about the, the internet. It could be about anything. My biggest thing is um, we have a climate, a social climate today where people are afraid to fail and people are afraid to make mistakes and people become polarized and don't do anything because they're afraid that they won't do it right. You got to stop that failure. My success is built on failure. I mean, honestly, if I hadn't fucked up as much as I have in my life, I would not still be doing this 35 years later because every time I make a mistake, believe it or not, it makes me grow because I find my way out of it. If, if, if you don't find, if you fall into the rabbit hole, you've got to find a way to climb back out again. And once you climb back out, it's like, okay, so now I know how to climb out of that one. Now I know how to do this. It's, it's cumulative. You have to make mistakes to grow and people just don't want to. It's like, well, I didn't want to do that. Why didn't you want to do that? Well, I thought, you know, I thought I'd do it wrong. So, so that means you're not going to do it at all. Makeup is fun. Makeup washes off. It's not like tattoos. Go out there and have fun. Play with makeup. Try new things. If you don't like them, wipe it off. Try something else. It's, it's, not, it's not that serious. I make it serious because it's what pays my bills. So I have to take it seriously. But as a consumer, you don't have to take it seriously. You know what? Go out and have fun with makeup. Play with things. Put some glitter on. I don't care. Maybe you're over the age of 15 and you think you still want to wear glitter. Yeah, be that girl. I don't care. <laughs> Is that judgy? <laughs> no. I, I, now I understand why you're taking the path of motivational speaking because you are, are now the sage of all things beauty and you want to pay it back. So that's, that's an excellent note to end everything on. You have been amazing. I think that a lot of people are going to be able to understand how to shop a little bit better as a consumer. I'm going to put on the website at beautygps.com all the different resources where people can find things, including you and your social media handles and, and so on and so forth. But I want to really thank you for taking your time to do this because your time is super valuable. But I thank you so much for having me. And I just hope I haven't confused people totally. And I hope I've said some relevant stuff. And um, I'm very appreciative that you asked me to spend time with you. Um, and ask me and ask me any other time. And hopefully I'll keep my mouth shut enough so people can actually ask questions live. <laughs> There's so many different relevant things in the industry. And you have so much to contribute. So thank you again for contributing today and teaching our listeners how to shop at the counter. Well, thank you, darling. And um, guys, go out there and have fun. It's only makeup. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, honey. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. <laughs> My name is Mary Shook, and this has been Beauty GPS in the Raw. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. 
To find out more about Kevin and the products and information we discussed today, please visit www.beautygps.com. Also, let us know what part of the beauty and wellness industry you'd like for us to help you navigate. And if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Beauty GPS is copyright 2019. Beauty by Mary Shook, LLC. All rights reserved.